Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord on the last Sunday of the year? We're in the right place at the right time, worshiping the right God with the right attitude. Amen. Praise the Lord. Happy New Year to you. I'm a day early, but Happy New Year. This is going to be our New Year's Eve service. So, so tomorrow, I know so many had different plans going so many different places. And we said, you know what? We are so close with Sunday. We'll just be a day early and uh, we'll just take what God is saying and apply it. Uh, we get it a day early so we can get it everything in position and ready as we step into this new year. Someone said that this year, 2018, was much like a ride these two guys, uh, two friends had as they were on a tandem bike. You ever ridden a tandem bike? You got the two seats and the two sets of pedals, and they rode it up this steep hill. When they finally got to the top of the hill, the guy in the front says, man, that steep hill, it about whipped me. That was, that was terribly, terribly grueling for us to get here. And the guy behind him says, you're right. He says, I was so afraid we were going to roll backwards, I rode the brakes the whole way. <laughs> so if anybody's on your tandem bike and they're holding the brakes, tell them, say, no, paddle, 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 as we go into 2019. Amen. Because let me tell you what, this is an exciting year we're going into. God is speaking. God has already got it planned out. It is already ready. We just got to walk into it. So we're going to talk today about prepping for 2019 and getting ourselves in the right position for the right uh, uh, word that God has for us. Thank you for coming out this morning. Out of all the places you could be, you chose Christian Embassy. I'm going to ask God to give you a special favor and blessing for that. You bless me, I'm going to ask my Father to bless you back. You being here today is such an honor to Him, but such an, an encouragement to me. And I do thank you for that. Trust you all had a great Christmas. And uh, I don't know if the trash has been picked up in front of your house yet from all the boxes, uh, the Amazon Prime boxes and everything. But uh, you know what? We're moving quickly in out of 2018 and into 2019. And God has a prophetic word for you. I'm here to tell you God is not aged and God is not silent and God is not distant. He has a prophetic word for you. He has a specific word for each and every one of you to get you moving in the right direction in this new year. And I just want to encourage you for, uh, to seek God for a fresh revelation to seek Jesus for a fresh revelation of his person and his nature and his ways because uh, he wants you to discover him in a more intimate way as we go into this year and for us not to lose sight of the larger prophetic plan that he has for us. So getting a, God, a word from God for you and your family is so important and so powerful. And, and I encourage you to do that. See, a word from God can change your life. A word from God can propel you into God's purpose and destiny that he has for you. And a word from God, oh, it can encourage you, especially during times of trial, which we all have to face. And God's word can keep you on track. A word from God can keep you on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. You can fulfill the vision that he has for you. And, and, and here's some simple steps in receiving a word from God. I'm going to give you a prophetic word. I feel like the Lord is speaking for us as a church and, and for Christendom. But you want that specific word for you. And here's some steps in receiving a word from God for yourself. Pray and ask Father God to give you a word. It's that simple. 
He, he's already got it. He's already ready to give it to you. You just got to get in a, a tuned in to receive it from him. And then study the word that you receive. Once he gives it to you, take it and study it and look at the meat of it and, and so that you can apply it. And then that third one is be reminded that the rhema word submits to the logos word. Some of you said, what in the world does that mean? A rhema word is God's word to you personally. When you receive a personal word from God, it will always be supported by the logos, which is the established word of God, the Bible. So God, sometimes you'll hear something will sound like God, just like Jesus quoted scripture. I mean, uh, Satan quoted scriptures to Jesus in the wilderness. He knows how to, the devil knows how to talk the Bible and church talk, okay? You got to make sure that whatever word you're hearing lines up with the word of God. The rhema has to submit to the logos because I've heard people tell me before, well, God's telling me to do such and such and it violates scripture. And I said, no, that's not God. They said, well, how do you know that's not God? You know, that divinity degree don't give you the right to. I said, because this Bible is violating the word. They're like, oh, yeah, wow. I was being, I was being deceived there. So make sure that the rhema word, that, that realized word, that real word that you receive from the Lord for you personally lines up with the Logos, God's established word. That is so, so very important. And then when you receive a word, here's what you should do. You should write it down. The Bible says write that vision down, make it plain, so you can run with it. Write it down. The devil will try to steal it from you. But if you write it down, you will have it throughout this year. Share it with others. Get somebody in on accountability with you so that you've got others that you, as you're describing this word God's given you with others, as we speak with our tongue and verbally, it uses a different part of our mind and we start seeing the pictures and everything and, and the color comes to it. So as you share it with others, it'll, be, it'll get more flesh on it and become more realized to you. And then keep it in front of you throughout the year. If this is what God is saying, this is the path he wants you to walk in, you know there's opposition coming. You know opposition is coming. So keep it in front of you throughout the years so it'll help keep you on course so that you don't get tempted to give up or get off course. And then review that word often as, uh, as you continue going through the, the year so that you know that you're staying on track. So that's just some practical things I wanted to share with you as we are now preparing to wrap up 2018 and step into the year 2019, which falls in the Hebraic calendar, God's calendar 5779. Uh, from the genealogy of man, as they've studied it in the scripture, it brings us on the Hebraic or God's calendar at 5,779. So that's the year we're in. Started September the 9th, uh, this past September the 9th on Rosh Hashanah. So to our 2019 is in that year. It is a year that uh, I believe uh, we are at a pivotal point uh, today and tomorrow. We're at this pivotal point where we're looking back over the last season uh, where God gave us at this time last year. He says, I want you to welcome my Holy Spirit. He said, I, I want to see more of the demonstration and the manifest of my presence by my power and my spirit than ever before. And then we opened up the year. And I remember, welcome Holy Spirit. And all year, welcome Holy Spirit. When we went to Europe, every country we went into, we preached and ministered and taught these pastors, you've got to depend on the Holy Spirit. You've got to build your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You've got to learn to hear from the Holy Spirit. You've got to learn to communicate your spiritual language with the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you what, what God has for us 
and the strategies He has for us will cause us to win, will cause us to win the world to Jesus. But we've got to stay in sync with our Commander-in-Chief and we've got to, by His Spirit and through the language He gives us that the enemy cannot understand, we can be built up and strengthened to walk in victory. We did this in, throughout Europe. We did this uh, when we went to the New England states. He sent us there as well. And, and uh, we went and was able to teach the same thing. Let me tell you what. We're at this pivotal time of the year where we're looking back over our past season, welcome Holy Spirit, and we're looking forward into this new season we're about to step into. And in this new season, what God is showing me is out of 5,779, that year 5779, also uh, being uh, 2019, uh, there's, the numbers are very important to God. We see that throughout the scripture. And we see that five in the scripture uh, is, is about seeing. So we're in that decade of uh, 59. So we're closing out, uh, I mean, seven. Seven is in seeing. So we're in 79, uh, 5779. So we're closing out this decade, the last year in the decade of the 70s. Uh, so we, it's all about seeing. And uh, so, so that's the ayin. And then the tet in the Hebrew, these are uh, letters in the Hebrew alphabet. They are assigned numbers uh, that God uses through the scripture. And we see that uh, nine is about maturity, maturity. So it is to see things mature, to see things materialize, to see things come to pass. So that which you've been seeing prophetically and by faith that you've been seeing and praying for, as we come into this year, they're going to be birthed. They're going to manifest. They're going to come into completeness. The number nine is a number for divine completeness, uh, finality. Forty-nine times in the Bible, the number nine uh, symbolizes divine completeness or it conveys the meaning of finality. Christ died on the ninth hour uh, of, of that day, the Bible says, to make way of salvation uh, to everyone of all mankind. God calls for a fast on the ninth day of the seventh Hebrew month of the Day of Atonement, uh, Yom Kippur. Uh, we see that nine represents the uh, fruit of the Spirit, which is the maturity, the manifest of the Holy Spirit. If you want to know if the Holy Spirit is really there, you start seeing the fruit being manifest so that those around uh, the fruit can, can be blessed by it. Uh, you see the faithfulness and gentleness and goodness and joy and kindness and long-suffering and uh, that love and the peace and the self-control all become uh, materialized. It, it's seen. It's seen. It's a year of maturity. Uh, a woman carries a baby nine months and then it is born in, 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 and now it can live outside the womb. The actual tet, that, that uh, Hebrew uh, letter for nine that has the number nine to it, uh, actually looks like a, woman with, a woman's womb. A woman with her, her belly out there in, in Hebrew is a pictorial language. And that's one of the pictures of that letter is a woman carrying full term a baby getting ready to give birth. Hallelujah. So I'm here to encourage somebody today from the Word of God. I'm here to encourage somebody today uh, by what God is saying in and through this season 
season of the year that this is going to be a year of maturity. This is going to be a year of full term. That which you've been carrying uh, is coming is coming out. It's going to be born. It's going to be born. Hallelujah. I believe I believe that means that there are going to be literal pregnancies this year. There's going to be babies born going into 2020 that came as a result of the God showing us what he wants to do this year. But let's remember now all rhema has to come in the logos. And so we got to do it God's way. That means a husband and a wife. A man and a woman come together as husband and a wife and then the baby. So we want to do it in that order, right? Come on now. You know, 2018, you would, wouldn't think you'd have to say that, but you do. We want to do it God's way. Amen. And uh, so full mature. Uh, so so th don't just be running out here and saying, the pastor said go and have babies. Okay. Husband, wife, married, baby. Okay. But there's going to be pregnancy, so we need to get the nursery Maybe even enlarge the nursery because we, we definitely uh, are going to be seeing the maturation of this this year. But there's going to be the birth of new businesses as well. Somebody, you can receive that right now. Uh, new businesses coming to you. And just like when Townsend was born, we were excited. But then when Morgan was born, we were excited. We didn't throw Townsend away. Okay. And then when Caleb was born, we didn't throw Morgan in towns in a way. Uh, they became a part of it. So these new businesses doesn't necessarily mean you're going to leave what you're doing. It's just something going to be added to that. Uh, there's going to be new ministries. I've already seen, even before the year opened up, how exciting it was that our young adult got together uh, in a very powerful way. Homes was opened up, and what a blessing it was as uh, our young adult ministry is taken off to another level. New ministries are starting even... Just, I mean, that, that was the baby that came early. You know, just came early. Hallelujah. But there's going to be new ministries in you and through you. New ideas. I got an idea. It's already happening. I had a, I had an early birth uh, just uh, this week. I was, an idea came to me, and I'm like, wow, if that's not done, and I've researched it, and I can't find it done, so I'm going to my patent attorney and uh, my business attorney and patent attorney, and we're going to research it. And if it's not done, we're going to get the engineer draw the plans, and then we're going to license this thing out. And it, it in itself will allow us, our family, to build our family life center and donate it to the church. Just donate the whole family life center to the church. It's such an idea. I'm just saying, Lord, please don't let nobody else have had it because I can't find it. But if we can get this thing done, this is going to be revolutionary. And <coughs> it's all in this. And you need to be, God's no respect for persons. He's got new ideas for you. He's got new ideas, new ministries, new inventions, new books. There's books on the inside of you. You've been carrying around for years. And this is the year there to mature. This is the year there to, to bless somebody else. Those blueberries on that vine, they, they would have never helped anyone had they just remained a flower, had they just remained a little tiny uh, seedling. No, as they become mature, you can pick them and you can, you can get energy from them and stuff. There's books in you that need to come out of you and, and, and be a blessing to those around you. And I believe there's going to be birth of new relationships. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's going to be marriages. There's there's going to be marriages. Uh, hallelujah. Engagements. This year, there's going to be engagement. 
Uh, there's going to be fruitfulness in your business uh, where your business may not have been uh, turning a profit. The Lord said the tide is turning and, and it's going to start making a profit. That which you've invested in, that which you've studied, that's what you've poured yourself into. And maybe it's been all one way, but God says it's coming back to you. That bread that you've cast on the water is coming back to you. That business is going to build you, bring you a profit and an increase in your life. And that's going to mean new homes and new cars and new stuff. That, But just make sure you keep God first. Keep Him first. Hallelujah. And there's going to be also in the spiritual realm a, a, a maturity. We're going to see salvations. I believe we're going to use the baptistry that's right behind this screen more this year than we've ever used it in the years past. Of souls that have been saved and, and dedicated to Jesus Christ. There's going to be rebirths and recommitments to Christ. Those who have walked away are coming back. This is the prophetic word. We declare it. They're coming back to serve Jesus. They're coming back like the prodigal son and say, you know what? It's better to be in my father's house. It's better to do it my father's way. Hallelujah. And I believe there's going to be more opportunity like you've never known before in uh, opportunities to do things that you've been dreaming about, that you've got on a bucket list, you know what? That you're going to be, you're going to be thrust right into it. It's the year to see the full term come to maturity. It's the year to see it happen right before your eyes. Hallelujah. So God's preparing us so that we don't get caught up in, when the, in, in the fruit and, and in the manifest of it and, and just wallow in that. He's preparing us. This is what He's doing, but He wants us to serve Him with what He's going to do in us and through us. So I'm just excited to praise God for this year of full-term maturity. Hallelujah. This is the opportunity that we have right now for us to get ready, get ready, get ready for this year of maturity. So in doing so, I want us to examine ourselves just like uh, when I remember when we were pregnant and you say we were pregnant and the women says, yeah, how much of this did you carry? Well, I carried her to the doctor's office. I carried her to the appointments. I carried her to the hospital. I carried her and food to eat during the pregnancy. So I carried some stuff, okay? okay. So, uh, but we, uh, the closer we got, to uh, the baby being born, the more the closer the appointments were for the checkups and making sure everything's right and everything is 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 uh, right on schedule, and no, there's no toxicity, there's no no to toxicity or anything like that. They just were checking everything, checking the blood, checking the blood pressure and and uh, ch blood sugar and all this stuff as we got closer and closer, uh, getting ready. It wasn't that something was wrong. It was just making sure we we got everything right. And if something was wrong, we would catch it immediately. And we prepared the nursery. I remember that little parsonage over there. We took the room and we scrubbed it down and we painted it. And we, my goodness, we were putting in bassinets and putting in cribs. Uh, let me tell you what, if you're going to be building a crib, they'll go by the instructions because I got my crib done and, and after two or three hours and I'm like wore out, I'm like, wow. And then I look and there's a part there that I'm like, where do you go? And then I said, oh my goodness, I had to take everything back apart to get it in the framing of, and uh, so read your instructions as you're going along. 
But it's exciting. Get ready, get ready, get ready for what God is going to do and check and make sure everything is in order. So what we want to do this morning is we want to do, uh, do a little checkup, a self-evaluation. I'm going to give you something that you can take home with you and you can do a self-evaluation uh, to see how you're doing spiritually to, because that's going to determine what you can handle in the maturity uh, level is going to determine what you can handle in the manifestation of what God is bringing. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, Paul says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. The Bible says test yourselves. I mean, God is instructing us. He is commanding us. We need to take time and test yourself. Uh, do, do, do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. I love the way the Amplified says this. It says, examine and test and evaluate your own selves to see whether you are holding to the faith or showing proper fruits of it. Test and prove yourselves, not Christ. Do, do you not yourselves realize and know thoroughly by an ever-increasing experience that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless you are counterfeits, disapproved on trial and rejected. So you need to test yourself. And he wants you to test yourself to see if there's this ever-increasing experience of Jesus Christ in you. I declare over you right now that this year will be a year of ever-increasing experiences in Christ. That it's going to get better and better and deeper and deeper and hotter and, and, and wider and grander because uh, he wants you uh, to have this ever-increasing experience in Christ but you got to test yourself to see if maybe there's something that's holding you back. So, so I encourage you to take this test today. Make sure that we're operating in maturity so that we are prepared to be able to uh, handle this uh, manifest that is about to come. And let me tell you what, when we talk about maturity, okay, with Christians, it, you know, it doesn't mean age, okay? I met Christians, young Christians, young people who were Christians maybe four or five years who were very mature. And I have met folks that have been Christians for 30 years and they're some of the meanest people I ever met. Okay? So, so there's no correlation in your physical age and your spiritual age. Okay? Just wanted to make that point. And hopefully you'll rate yourself honestly. We're not going to take up any, any uh, test results. That's between you and the Lord uh, this morning. So uh, just, just ask God to uh, help you be honest with yourself. And if there's an oh me or oh my moment, that you'll jump on correcting that quickly. Because the point is, you must take responsibility for your spiritual growth. You have to take responsibility for your spiritual growth. In other words, you can't blame anybody else. Stop it. Get off the blame game. You can't blame your parents. You can't blame your pastor. You can't blame your church. You have to take responsibility for your spiritual growth. There are some things you just can't delegate, and this is one of them. You know, you can't delegate a haircut, okay? You can't say, man, my hair needs cutting, and you call up your spouse and say, would you go by the beautician's office and get me a haircut? That's not going to help you out. You can't delegate a haircut. You can't delegate eating food for your body. You can't call your spouse and say, I'm starving to death. How about eat a burger for me? It's not going to help you at all. Well, in the same way, you can't delegate spiritual growth. So we need to be authentic. We need to be open. And let's ask God to show us if there's an area we need to make an adjustment on. Let us make it here in 2018 in this pivotal moment before we step into 2019. 
So here's five steps of spiritual maturity. We're going to let you examine yourself today. Holy Spirit, guide, direct, show, illuminate. Lord God, let us be honest because this is between us and you and this will either hinder uh, us and keep us out of position to receive the maturation of the full delivery, full-term delivery of what you're bringing in 2019 or this will position us so that we can handle everything great that you're bringing to us. So help us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First thing we want to evaluate is our Bible study. Pastor Deacon was uh, touching on that. She wasn't in the first service, but she always gets in my sermons. They always ask me, what am I preaching on? I always say, Jesus. I won't give them any more details than that. And she still gets up here and gets in my sermon over and over again. I believe she's listening to the whole, same Holy Spirit that I listen to. So uh, that's why that happens. But she's already preached this in a, in a mini sermon. So we could just, just say, okay, let's close the service. And you guys who want to see the kickoff of the football game, you'll get home in time to see it. But there's a preacher in me that's got to preach. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So we got Bible study. Study to show yourself approved to God. A workman that needs not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of God. Maturity starts with Bible study. You hear me? I I can't study the Bible for you. You've got to learn to study it for yourself. And then we can study it together. But you cannot depend on someone else's knowledge of the Word. You have to have your knowledge of the Word of God. You can never become a spiritually mature person until you start living out the principles and practices of the Bible. You've got to study to show yourself approved. There's this direct correlation between the application of God's Word and your spiritual maturity. How many of you have ever heard a talking head? They can talk the Scripture, but they don't walk the Scripture. We call that a hypocrite. And it does more harm for the kingdom than good. We don't want to be a hypocrite. We don't want to just talk the Word. We want to study it to apply the Word. Not be a hearer only, but a doer of the Word of God. So here's some provoking questions uh, that I want to... some thought-provoking questions I'd like to ask you. Number one is, where is your Bible? Where is your Bible? Can you remember? Have you been using it? Oh, you see it. It's an icon in your house. But have you been using it? Do you use it daily? When is the last time you have lived out what God taught you from the Bible? When is the last time that you heard from God while you were studying the Bible and you took that word principle and applied it to your life and it worked? When was the last time? Is Bible study a habit or more an exception in your life? And here's a big big idea on Bible study. It's not how much you know about the Bible that determines your maturity. It's how much of it you apply. Amen? Now, I would rather you read one verse a day and and, and you be able to understand it and apply it to your life than to read 30 chapters a day and put it down and and it mean nothing to you. Now, what Pastor Radika was challenging us on in this last part of the year and now going into the new year is so powerful. That when you can hear the word, let part of your Bible study be hearing this, this app that is, is the audio Bible, hearing the word and the dramatizations and all that come with that. As, as you follow along reading the word, you're engaging more of your mind and then your heart and your spirit and you can walk it out. You see it. You see it as you hear it. Your faith rises so you can walk it out. It's about application. We must live out the scriptures. The world cannot receive the manifest of heaven on earth if we, the body of Christ, 
squelch or quench the work of the Holy Spirit, the author of the Word of God, who is trying to bring the application of the Word of God in and through His people to make a change in this world. The world is really worse off because the only life raft or the only life jacket or the only life ring that's offered to them, they're being teased and it's being pulled just out of their reach because we're not living it. We're talking it, but we're not living it. And the world is drowning, drowning in its chaos and drowning in its, in its, in its sin. And here we are supposed to be the light of the world and the world's getting darker and darker because we won't devote the time to study the Word and then to apply the Word, to live the Word, to not just talk the talk, but to walk the talk. I've said it so many times. Yes, your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. So let's, let's go beyond just talking the talk and let's walk the talk. Amen? Now, if I said that faster, I might become a famous rapper. I don't know. But it can, it can be argued that you only believe the parts of the Bible you obey. So how much of the Bible do you believe if you look at what parts of it you obey? And let me tell you, disobedience in, in the Bible is a huge, huge problem. It's actually dangerous to live disobedient to the Word of God. The Bible says all sin entered into this world through the disobedience of one man to the Word of God. We must see the importance of studying the Bible and studying it to live it. Hallelujah. The world will be a better place. Your family will be a better place. Your, you will be a better person if you will live the Word. And sometimes it's tough. I'm telling you, sometimes somebody knows how to push your button and you want to be, you want, you want to be out of control. You want to say, you want to talk like the dirty old you used to talk. And you want to act like the dirty old you used to act. But you got to know the Word says that the fruit of the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit, if you don't quench Him, He will work supernaturally through you the ability to give self-control. Didn't say you have the self-control. The Holy Spirit in you will bring the, the power of self-control. So you got to say, the Word says, quench not the Holy Spirit. So in this moment, you push my button and I'm ready to hit you with the old man. you got to say, nope, I can't quench you, Holy Spirit. I need you now. I need this miracle. And you will find supernatural, a superman strength comes to you. You might, if I want to say it that way, uh, to, to, to have self-control. Same with love, same with peace, same with patience, same, all of the fruit of the Spirit. But you've got to know the Word, study the Word, but then you've got you to walk it. You've got to walk it when it matters. I mean, anybody can, can walk the Word out when everything's going fine. It's when you're under the crucible. It's when you're under pressure. It's when you're under fire. It's when the temptation is to step back and do it your old way. Your old way would lead you straight to hell. So I ain't going that way. Nope, not doing that. I, maybe you, the, the devil's trying to tempt you to look at something that you shouldn't look at or drink something you shouldn't drink or snort something you shouldn't snort or smoke something you shouldn't smoke. You know what? And you're like, man, I, everything in me wants that. You have Holy Ghost self-control power. You have the power of God, the Creator that gives you the breath that you breathe available to you. That's what the Bible teaches you. You just need not quench him. You need to call on him and say, Holy Spirit, I'm dependent on you right now to give me what I don't have so that I can walk in the way that pleases you. Hallelujah. So go ahead and rate yourself. 
uh, in your Bible study. Are you one, two, three, four, five? Where are you at on there? Just between you and the Lord. You don't have to tell me. Okay. Number two, let's rate ourselves in our prayer. Our prayer. What's your prayer life like? We must understand, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, if you want the peace of God, the peace of God, shalom, means nothing broken, nothing missing. If you want the the power of God to come into your broken situation and fix it, and your situation where there's loss and fill it, let me tell you what, to get that ushered in, the peace of God, you you got to pray. you got to pray. And, and he tells us even when anxiety is coming against you, that's when you need to pray the more. In prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, making your request known to God. And then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart, will guard your heart. But not only your heart will guard your mind through Christ Jesus. You get get Jesus and his strength to guard you from the attacks of the enemy when you pray. It's been said that trouble and stress, they drive me to prayer. But my prayer drives away trouble and stress. Come on now. You let trouble and stress come to me, it's going to drive me to prayer. Because I know my prayer is going to drive away the trouble and stress. Hallelujah. So go ahead, rate yourself about your prayer life. How is it in your prayer life? You know, is it one, two, zero, five? Where where are you at there? How are you doing? Talking to God, listening to God, rate yourself. Then number three, corporate worship. Now, corporate worship is not us worshiping a corporation, okay? That's not what that means at all. I'm talking about coming together corporately as the body of Christ. Like we are right now, we come together. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as it is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As we're stepping into 2019, what is your commitment to corporate worship? Where are you at in 2018 and where are you going to in 2019? God has a plan for his church. Pastor Rodica was in my sermon earlier. You know, he's not coming back for us as individuals. He's coming back for his church, a church that is without spot or wrinkle, a church, the Bible says, that, that is his bride, a church that he is going to rapture and redeem in himself. And those that have died early as Christians will be raised first to meet him in the air. We need to be a part of the body of Christ. Jesus says, I'm about not building you as an individual, even though he does, but he says, here's how I do it. I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So if we want to have victory over hell and its gates, then we need to be a part of this church that Jesus Christ is building. And thank God, as Pastor Rudy said, we don't get to visit other churches. We don't know what they're doing, but we know what we do here and we're going to honor God here and we're going to keep God first here and we're not going to quench the Holy Spirit here and we welcome the miracle working power of God here and we welcome the healing power of God here and we welcome the Holy Ghost to have His way in and through these services here in this worship it's not about a man it's about God hallelujah because God has designed us to worship you're going to worship something it's in your DNA that's why men worship idols and they worship statues and they worship little fat naked dolls and they worship you know all kind of silly trees and they'll worship the stars they'll worship come on they're going because it's in their DNA to worship because we were created to worship God we were created to worship God And the enemy wants to distort that. 
We, we've got to have this uh, Galileo revelation or revolution, if I could say it that way. If you remember back in his day, here, here he is, a, a, a physicist, mathematician, astronomer, and a philosopher, and he says, I study and I see that the sun is the center and everything revolves around it. They said, no, you're incorrect. It's always been taught that the earth is the center and everything revolves around it. He said, no, I'm telling you with my calculations and everything that I see and, and the mathematics uh, that I've applied to this, the sun is the stable center object and everything revolves around it. And we know they call him a heretic and they even wanted to kill him, but time finally proved out that he was correct. Did you know it's the same way with a lot of people that had the wrong idea about worship? They think worship revolves around them. They think they are the center of worship. That they come to worship and God should revolve around their needs. That's, that's how they're, that mindset. We need to have this uh, revelation. That's not how it works. We're not here because God's supposed to meet our needs and God's supposed to give to us and God's supposed to meet our desires. Come on now. We've got to have this, our eyes open. We're not the earth with everything revolving around us. We've got to see the sun is the center and we have to revolve around him. You weren't created to be worshipped. That's why when celebrities get that, that status of celebrity and people begin to worship them, they all go crazy. They go crazy and they self-medicate and they do all this stuff and they do the stupidest things and it's because we weren't created to be worshipped. God is to be worshipped. And when you put God at the center of worship and you revolve around God and you say, wait a minute, this is about giving God the praise. I'm coming to Christian Embassy on Sunday morning to give God the praise, to give God the glory, to ascribe to Him honor, to ascribe to Him power, to ascribe to Him majesty. You know what? It doesn't matter what the temperature is. It doesn't matter what the setting of the lights are. It doesn't matter the decibel. It doesn't matter the genre or the beat or the tempo. If it's giving God the glory, if it's giving God the praise, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to lift my hands and lift my voice and lift my life to ascribe praise and glory to Him. It's not about me, it's about Him. And when you do that, you leave filled, you leave full, hallelujah. But when you come and it's about you, you leave empty because you weren't created to be worshipped and God is not going to let that happen. So instead of uh, waiting till you get in here and we're halfway through the worship service before you finally get the coffee kicked into enough to where you can even smile, let me tell you what, you need to drive up on this property saying this is the house of God. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm coming in here. And when they open up with that prayer and they open up with those words of encouragement, instead of having an oh me or yeah by one person, you're like, you're supporting the team up here who's here to support you. It's all about giving glory to God hallelujah and let me tell you what when you do that and it will cost you something to do it but when you do it you'll live full you'll leave full it's just something about you just leave so full hallelujah and while we have so many that that serve here on the stage to help you get to help you enter in they're here early during the week. They're here on some uh, weeknights. They're here early before the service when you're still fighting with your alarm clock and whether or not you're going to go or not, okay? They're here practicing and working and praying and, and getting their keys right and getting you know, the, the prog chord progression right. They're do working hard so that they, there'd be no interruptions to help you as they even help themselves to ascribe this glory and honor to God. 
And, and, and thank God for them. But you know, there is an unseen team that works here as well. We call the production team. There's a group that's up there causing the lights to work and causing the screens to work and having the right slides at the right time and all that preparation and running the cameras and, and causing those thousands of people that are tuning in uh, through our internet and tuning in by Facebook, tuning in to our website, listening to our radio program. Let me tell you what, they're, they're here working here and you could be a part of that. You could be a part of that. You know, they're, they're like, I'll, I, can, I can push that button and cause the slide to go to the next slide. I can push that button. I can, I can adjust that sound with that, 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 that little slider there. They're willing to serve. And, and my challenge to you as we're going into this new year is maybe your next step is to write down on your connection card production team. And you turn it into the Welcome Center when you stop by. And so we can contact you and help you get some training. Do you know if we've got five people on our production team, do you know how much three services and four services and healing rooms and healing school and all the stuff that needs all this stuff, uh, how much that five people have to work? Uh, guess what? If there was 15 or 20, how it would be shared and it would be a lighter load for everybody. So there's maybe this next step going into this new year. You say, you know, I want to be a part of the production team. Maybe you can, you can sing like a bird and maybe you can play an instrument and cause the angels to join in and you can join the praise and worship team. But, but let us, you know, also see the importance of having these seats filled. Do you know how hard it is to lead a praise and worship uh, uh, a service when there's only a few people in the building? Do you know how hard it is to preach when you've got more empty seats than you've got, you got uh, uh, people in those seats? So you being a part of corporate worship here in the congregation, being a part of the choir, I call it, the choir. Let me tell you what, you have an important role here. So on that Sunday morning when the lazy in you says, you know what, it's been a long week and you really, you should just kind of chill out. You say, wait a minute, my God deserves. He, he loves corporate worship. He yashobs in corporate worship. He, and if it's going to bring glory and honor to the God that gave me the strength to get through this week, I'm going to start this new week off right and I'm going to be there a part of the congregation in the corporate worship. Hallelujah. But make this a priority. Make it a priority so that you can uh, uh, go into 2019 as a mature child of God. Ephesians 5 and 18 says, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking one to another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear, the reverence of God. So, so evaluate yourself. Go ahead and mark it. Am I here faithfully? And when I'm here, do I fully engage in the times of worship with the right attitude? With the right attitude. Go ahead. Zero, five. Go ahead. What is it? What is it? Rate yourself. And then go ahead and mark where you're going this year, 2019. The year of maturity. The year of manifest. The year to see it come to pass. To see what God says come to pass. Go ahead and where you want to be. Amen. And then number four. We've got, we want to examine ourselves in our giving. Whether or not we're a generous giver. And, and I have to say, as a pastor of this church, I thank you. My goodness, you guys have faithfully supported the work of God here at Christian Embassy for 26 years. You help us do all that we do in our city. You help us do what we do in this region, in, in our nation, and throughout the world. It is absolutely amazing what you have so faithfully done in, in, in your giving and your support. And I want to thank you. I want to thank everyone who honors God and his work here with your generous giving. Thank you so much. 
And knowing that God has a giving nature, we know that because in the, you know, the Bible says God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. We're created in His image, so we have a desire in us to give. So, and it helps us see that we are not the owners of it, but the stewards of what God has blessed us with. So I want to challenge every one of you who have not made uh, this commitment to make it your next step. That you, you're going to enter into 2019, you can close out 2018, you're going to enter into 2019, and, and you're going to be a generous giver. And, and, and if you have never given, I want to challenge you to give. But the, one of the biggest challenges I want to give you in going forward is a tithing challenge. Three months that you tithe unto the Lord. That, that you're not giving it to man, but you say, I'm going to honor God's word. Bring, God says, bring all the tithe into my storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. So he wants you to test him. The only place he says we can test him, he wants you to test him. So go ahead and screenshot your bank account. Go ahead and get your spreadsheet started out and put a graph in there, graph chart, so you can actually study it. Test him in this. And I want to give you the tithing challenge. It's a three-month tithing challenge, one quarter of your year. And just, just test him. Be faithful in it and see what he does. Now, I've given this to thousands of people over the 30-plus years of ministry, and I've never had one person... Out of thousands of people, I've never had one person come to me and said, I resent you give, uh, challenging me this. I resent doing that. I resent it. It did not work. I've never heard it. And I don't believe I ever will because God is at stake here. God is the one who says, test me in this. And let me tell you what, it will literally change your life. So I want you to take that challenge, a tithing challenge, for three months. You say, why just three months? Because some of us, they, you know, it's like going on a diet. And you're like, man, I might can diet for, for 30 days. I might can diet for, you know, 90 days. But after that, I, got, I can't, just a thought of it. But maybe after you find out how healthy you feel when you start, it becomes a good lifestyle. When the 90 days is up, you say, you know what? I feel so good. I'm not going back to the trash eating I used to go to because I just feel great. And I'm looking like I did back when I was young. And, you know, you just feel good. OK, well, I'm telling you, God said, test him in this. I challenge you. And, and if it don't work for you. You can take it up with the Lord. I guarantee you, you can fuss at him all you want and you can stop. And you can say, God, I took you at your word and you failed me. But I just want to challenge you and let you mark and see what happened. I just want you to see it. When you see it, when you see it, oh my goodness, you're going to be like, yes, Lord, yes. I'm so sad that I didn't start this many, many years ago. Hallelujah. So we need to do that. And, uh, and it helps us in doing so. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. There's enough of you that have found the truth of God's law of reciprocity so great that when we say it's time to bring our tithes and offerings, you all just clap. Hallelujah. Because God loves a cheerful giver. And if you've given God's word, Way, you've seen the benefit of the favor of God in such a way you can't help but be a generous giver or a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you that you ha always having all sufficiency in all things. He takes care of everything. He rebukes the devourer. He helps you get a new money bag. The old money bag that wasn't a given a bag had holes in it, the Bible says. You put it in, but it always was leaking out and you never have enough. You take three steps forward and 
ten steps back. Everything's breaking down. Everything's costing you. Everything's uh, 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 harder than it's supposed to be. You do it God's way and you start finding a favor. You start finding the anointing oil is greasing up the gears of your life and everything's smoother. The temperature is lower. It's a peaceful journey. Hallelujah. Because he, has, he gives sufficiency in all things that there may be an abundance for every good work. So I want to challenge you. If you've not been given, to start giving. Take the tithing challenge. Take it three months and just, I dare you, take your spreadsheet, take a graph sheet of paper and start graphing it and see if it helps or if it doesn't help, okay? And then if you do, you'll do what the scripture calls an extravagant giver. You'll say, well, the 10%, that tithe, that was just a minimal, that's just a minimum requirement under all, uh, before the law came, under the law, and then Jesus affirmed it, so we know it's before the law, during the law, and after the law. Tithing is an important thing to God, but it's just a minimum, and you become a generous giver. I had a young college student approach me and wanted to ask questions about real estate, and I said, wow, this is, you're a college student, and you're asking about real estate and investing. Uh, this, is, this is pretty neat. Did you get an inheritance? Inheritance and said, no, I didn't get an inheritance. Says, uh, I, I'm a generous giver. And I said, oh, I like the sound of that. How awesome, because you've got miracles to say, tell. And says, yep, God's blessed me as a college student that I'm not even graduated yet. And I own business. I have my own business as well. And he says, and I'm ready to invest in some property. And I'm like, I've never heard, I've never heard a college student ever in their early 20s, maybe it's happened, but I've never heard it. And, and this person says, it's because I'm a generous giver. I know the nature of my God, and he wants to be able to trust me with more. And I can't be greedy, so I'm going to not just do the minimum, I'm going to give above and beyond, because I know that when I give unto my God, good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over, he brings it back, it's a law, and he says, I just need to be a good steward of it. So... Instead of going and wasting it on, on high living, I need to invest it so it will work itself as well to help me do even more for the kingdom of God. I said, I said, you got the right heart. You got the right mind. You're right on target here. I challenge you. I challenge you to if you're if you've not giving to say in 2019, this is going to be a priority in my life because I need the resources of heaven flowing through my life so that I can help expand the kingdom of God. And just like a water hose, when the water flows through it, the hose gets wet first. You're going to get blessed first because the Bible wants it wants to bring you the houses and land and all the clothes and the food and all that stuff. He said, but seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and I'll add that stuff. So it's not that we're running after that stuff. That stuff's running after us. The blessing of the Lord's running after you. Man, this stuff's so good. I'm just keep right on and it's going to be one o'clock. So let me just go ahead and close with this one. The final one we're looking at is sharing my faith. Sharing my faith. Are you engaged in sharing your faith with those who are not Christians? Think about it. If you learned of a new restaurant, you're on Facebook, you're telling people, this place is awesome, the price is good, the service was good, the food was delicious. You're posting pictures of the food, making all of us who are working in the office that's so hungry look at it and say, no, I want that, and we're licking the screen on our electronic devices. When you find a good recipe, you know what you do. You post that recipe and a picture of it and the best lighting, and oh my goodness, makes us all leave, work early and go find it. We gotta go find it. Well, it should be the same thing about telling others about our faith. If you've experienced something with God that has changed your life for good, you need to tell people about it. 
You say, well, I'm not a theologian. I didn't ask you to take them through the hermeneutics or homiletics or take them through the survey of the Old Testament or New Testament. I'm asking you from God's Word to share the goodness of God. Share what God has done for you to be a witness. A witness is you, you tell what you've witnessed, what you've experienced. See, and you just tell people about how good God is. You can tell them about how He's turned your life around. You can tell them about how He's given you a peace that, that took you out of a life of panic and anxiety and stress. Just tell others. And they, they, let me tell you what, they'll want to know more about your faith. Say, follow me to church. Follow me to church. And I'm telling you what, as Pastor Radica was saying, from 500 to 1,000 and there's going to be a double. Let me tell you what, that's those folks following you here. They want to know more about your God. They said, you say, well, you know what, my pastor, he's a pretty cool dude. You got my permission to say that, okay? I give you permission. I sign all waivers, release forms. You can say that. My pastor, he's a pretty cool dude. And uh, he, he's going to share the word with you in, the, in a practical way, in a way that you can understand it and you can walk it out. Jesus said in Luke 12, I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him, the Son of Man, will confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. So how can I challenge you here? Well, we've got tens of thousands here in Hampton Roads who, who don't claim to be Christians. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you in your daily prayer time when you're thinking about the deep things of the, of, of, in the presence of God, I want you to put this as part of your prayer time. Say, God, how can I let your light shine through my life today to impact somebody's life? There's somebody drowning. There's somebody hurting. There's somebody bound. There's somebody drugs is destroying them. Alcohol is destroying them. There's somebody in promiscuous relationship that's going to end so horrible. There's somebody losing their family. There's somebody losing a loved one to cancer. There's someone that their loved one just had a heart attack unexpectedly. There's someone that is suffering. There's someone that's about to be evicted out of their home. Lord, would you help me cross their path today so that I can give them a smile from heaven? And just say, you know what? God is good. And God is here for you. God loves you. And God is here for you. And that may be all they need to hear. They'll break and say, you know what? I didn't think anybody was for me. I didn't think it was all falling apart. But somebody gave me hope. Somebody gave me some good news. That's what the gospel is. It's good news. So maybe your next step is to start sharing your faith with at least one person every day. Make that your goal as you go into this new year. God, help me. And now you're conscious. You're looking for it. And you'll start seeing the opportunity. You don't have to go preach a sermon. That'll probably do more harm than good. Just go and love on them. Tell them about God's great love. Say, I was in a low place, but God lifted me up. I was in bondage, but God set me free. Jesus, Jesus, he has he come and to be the light and the life and the peace of my life. Wow, God is a good God. The world needs to hear that. And they'll say, why are you so happy? What are you smiling about? You say, it's Jesus. He's so good. Go ahead and rate yourself. How are you doing on sharing your faith? Am I praying for and inviting and, and sharing my faith with those around me? No matter what you score yourself in 2018, go ahead and put a mark where you want to go in 2019. Go ahead and mark it right now. 
what you want to do. Well, in your Bible study, go ahead and mark it. Where you want to be in 2019, in your prayer, in your corporate worship, in your commitment to being a part of the corporate gathering together of the body of Christ, in your generous giving, your tithing challenge, and then maybe the generous giving, sharing your faith. Go ahead and mark where you want to be and going forward. Because if you're going to be a disciple, it's going to take discipline. And you can't delegate this to someone else. You gotta, you gotta take responsibility for your spiritual growth, your spiritual maturity. Now, God has already said this is the year you're gonna see full term, you're gonna see the manifestation, you're gonna see what I have promised is coming to pass. You're gonna hold it if you're mature. Because if you're not mature, just like we don't let a two year old hold an infant because they, they're immature and they may hurt the infant, not meaning to, but they would hurt the infant. If you're immature, you're not going to be able to hold all that God's bringing to you this year. He wants you to take these five things very seriously. That's why he says, exercise yourself towards godliness. Do you know that word exercise in the Greek means, comes from gymnas, we get our word gymnasium. So we're looking at sweat. Sweat. Exercise yourself towards godliness. Don't just lay back and say, God, if you want godliness on me, drop it on me. No more than he's going to drop muscles on you laying back like that. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable. I'm telling you, you're going to be able to hold all that he's bringing this year. Having the promise of, that comes in this life and that which is also going to be in the life to come eternal. Let me tell you what. God wants you to hold the full manifest of his glory this year. But you got to get in position. You got to get ready. Are you ready? Let's stand together. Let's stand together. We're prepping for 2019. Maybe you're here this morning as we have this closing prayer. Maybe you want to re renew your commitment to Jesus Christ. Maybe things have come between you and him and circumstances and you just got tricked in it and a wedge came and you didn't even realize it, but you want to renew your commitment to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you want to commit to Christ for the first time. You never have and you're like, wow, I want to live for this God. I, I want to serve God. I, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. This morning is the morning to do it. Maybe you want to commit to studying God's word daily or daily prayer time with God. Or you want to commit to be a vital part of the corporate worship of God's gathering. You want to commit to be a tither or even greater, a generous giver. You want to commit to share your faith. Whatever your level of commitment, let that be between you and the Lord right now. Hallelujah. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can do it right now. Just say, Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. That's all you have to do is ask him right now. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. You got to turn from that way that was displeasing to him. So just ask him to forgive you. Forgive you, Lord. And I submit my life to you, Jesus, for you to be my Lord and my Savior. I don't want to close out 2018 and step into 2019 without having my house in order. So Jesus, Jesus. Forgive me as I commit my life, dedicate my life to you. I want to live for you. I want to honor you. 
I want to serve you. And I want to be used by you to bring forth the manifest of all the great things you want to do in this world. Lord, I want to be your servant, a son, a daughter who is a servant of the Most High King. So I'm committing my life to God, to your word, to study it daily, to spend time in prayer with you, Lord God, in this year. And Lord God, I want you to count me in to be a part of corporate worship. I'm going to come with the right attitude and I'm going to come ascribing glory and honor and praise to you. I'm going to come and, and add to the congregation the, 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 the life that I bring for you, God, because you are worthy. Lord God, I want to commit to giving unto you, Lord God. Tithing is so important to you, Lord. You spoke of it before the law. You spoke of it during the law. And you spoke of it after the law and even affirmed it through your son, Jesus. Lord, it's so important to you. It helps us not have the love of money. It helps us get the spirit of mammon off of it so it can be blessed and multiplied. And we can do greater things with it. So, Lord, I commit to be a tither. Lord, is that young college student even went further to be a generous giver lord help me to be that generous giver as well lord that i would share my faith every opportunity i have i'm looking for them help me see them that i can help make the world a better place by letting others know about the goodness of you jesus that i know my commitment is to you my dedication is to you my life is yours my life is yours my life is yours Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I pray now your blessings, your favor, your anointing, and your power be with each and every one of us as we go into this day, as we go into this new week, and as we go into this new year. God, I pray favor like they've never seen it before. Anointing that breaks every yoke and lifts every burden. I pray in the name of Jesus that every low place would be made level and every high place would be made low, that they might walk in the provision and they might walk in the purpose and the destiny of that which you've created, each and every one of us. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would fill afresh and new. Fill us, Lord, that we might go out with your presence and go out with your power. And Lord God, for commitments that are made here today, Lord God, that we would be true to those commitments and we would honor those commitments and we would live by those commitments every step that we make from this moment on to you be the glory, to you be the honor and to you be the praise for it is in Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen and amen. Praise God.